Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My name is Adrian Lester. I'm Joanna Scanlon. Terry Minot. Brona Taggart. John Drew O'Neill. Sarah Ball. Tom Riley. Kate Fleetwood. John Heffernan. And I'm Jonathan Harden. And very, very soon, you'll be listening to a brand new series of the Honest Actors podcast. So, series three, 13 brand new episodes will be with you this side of Christmas 2018. Keep an ear out. I can guarantee that the people you've just heard speak will be part of that series. No surprises there. There will also be a few more surprises that I can't yet talk about. So keep an ear out. It's coming your way very, very soon. In the meantime, though, I've been keeping busy. It's TUC Young Workers Month this November, and every November, actually. And as part of that, I've gone back and spoken to the emerging actors and also recorded a special live podcast for Equity. You may remember that two years ago, I had a roundtable discussion in the spotlight with seven emerging actors. That video went online on YouTube. It's still there. If you haven't already seen it, just search for Emerging Actors Roundtable, and it should be results number one and two. Anyway, I went back, met up with all the guys two years later. So all I wanted to find out was what had happened in those intervening 24 months. How had their careers gone in terms of what their expectations had been and also what they'd learned along the way, if they had any wisdom to pass on to people who might be in a similar situation or even slightly further back in terms of their career. So have a listen. I find it absolutely fascinating. I hope you will too. The live podcast we recorded last week at the New Diorama Theatre, it was hosted by Lorna Wallace-Taylor and features uh, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff. It's well worth a listen as well. For now though, Here's another emerging actor. My name is Yunus Buzinab, and you're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. So, Yunus, it feels like a job interview, doesn't it? (laughs) A tiny bit. It's it's because of the tie. Yes. Um, To fill people in, we're both wearing ties because I clip the microphones to ties, and it's a bit silly because neither of us is wearing a shirt (laughs) that necessitates a tie. In fact, Yunus is wearing a sweater. And yes. a tie. Anyway, um, f- just thanks very much, first of all, uh, for kind of coming in to chat to me again. Oh, pleasure. It has been two years. Oh, two I know. years already. Wow. It has been two years since we last chatted. Gosh. Uh, I have watched back the chat that we had mm-hmm. in the winter of 2016 when we were all young and, yes. and pretty. Mm. Uh, at least in my case. Um, <laughs> and uh, there are lots of questions that I have 
generally for everyone, but also specifically for for people as well. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get to those in time. But before we start, I think the most important thing to do at this point is for you to remind us where you were with things, what was happening with you the last time we met. So I was about to start my third year, my last year of drama school. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't. I was about, I was about to open, to have, yeah, first public production in my third year at, uh, yeah, Central. So it was exciting. It was slightly overwhelming. The kind of the, the, the industry looming above, you know, me and the rest of my uh, classmates. And yeah, it, it was a kind of a, it was a bit of trepidation, but excitement at the same time. Okay, so jumping two years forward. Yes. If I was to ask you to sum up where you are now, what might you say? Uh, an interesting place, <laughs> I would say. It's been, uh, that's a good question. Well, two years. So let's, two years from now when we meet up. Yes. November 2020, October 2020. Oh, you mean two, okay. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to frame it differently. Okay. Uh, whenever we meet up then. Yes. What do you think you'll think back on this time? How do you think you'll view it? Ah. Uh. What was, what was happening with UNES back in 2018? Um, what? Where are you with your career? Um, career, I hate that word. Still. Yeah, but no, but... It's <laughs> yeah. horrible, horrible. <laughs> yeah, there's something, yeah. But also kind of right in some ways. That's where am I? I'm, I think that's where I'm at. I'm not trying to figure out what my voice is within this industry or what my voice, what I want my voice to be. Okay. Um, so it means that, you know, it's a bit up in the air. It's, there's excitement, anxiety. But you're a theater maker as well, right? You're, you're, yeah. a, you're a maker of things. So you make your own work as well. So I yeah. guess that's part of that that wouldn't necessarily be the case for most actors, I imagine. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's break this down a little bit. Um, was training worth it, do you think? Yeah, absolutely, for me. It was a, also as a foreigner, I think it was, I needed a bit of time, kind of a lab time, a workshop type of space where I could just kind of understand this industry and what I could, what the challenges are in this industry and what I could kind of bring to it, but also kind of learn about, you know, the English speaking world and mm. all of that. So for me, it was a time to kind of figure stuff out without having the pressure of pandering to, to an agent, to a casting director, to a director, to try to fit in, in a way. And I think that the training helped me to kind of find or start that journey of beginning to find my voice. Okay. So now you've entered what we might call the pandering stage. Yes. <laughs> yes. So have you got an agent now? I, well, that's a funny story. I had an okay. agent at, uh, so it was, you know, showcase on blah, blah, blah. Didn't get any interest. Um, but then I managed to get representation by the end of the year in June or July. And a year later, uh, the agency closed down. So I'm 
So now I'm in a phase of being independent again and trying to find your representation. So you're looking for, if anyone's out there, oh. uh, now we go to a yeah. short commercial break. <laughs> yes. Jonas Buzanab, <laughs> one of the world's finest actors, is currently seeking representation. Yes. Um, is... <laughs> so Eunice, what, what, what do you put that down to? That's a difficult question, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, I just I'm very uh, pensive in my voice. <laughs> uh, what, what, so you, you're finishing drama school. Mm-hmm. That represents a huge commitment yeah. in terms of time and finances, resources, mm -hmm. just blood, sweat and anguish, okay? Yeah. And you don't get any agent at the back of that. Mm. Um, are you in a minority or majority? Is, are most of the year getting agents or some, most of them not? How is it looking? Like, What was the picture coming out of that course? Um, because we're quite a international group. Yeah, very, very diverse group. Yeah, yeah, very diverse. I think most of us got representation yeah, at the end of the year, or even during the year, we, people got signed. Did so, that knock your confidence a little at the time? No, I had, uh, not really. It was, there was a bit of anxiety, definitely. Um, but it, it kind of highlighted the fact that, yeah, my journey was going to be a bit different. But there were reasons, I mean, you can always, you can spend ages trying to understand why. Why wasn't I picked? Why? And I, very quickly I was like, well, it's just do the work. Do your work and it's about the work. It's not just about, you know, getting signed and getting the fancy agency. Um, so, so, and it was quite a supportive group, which was good. There wasn't too many egos in the room. So it wasn't just people about bragging about getting the agent. So it was quite supportive, which was great. And people helped. A lot of my classmates helped me. And there was another person who wasn't signed at the time at the same time as me. And they helped, they, they invited their agents to our last production. And so it was quite supportive, which was lovely. And because we were quite diverse and for the meeting that they got, they also got, you know, I heard stories of, you know, levels of kind of racism and ignorance being kind of, um, yeah, that was said to them. So it kind of, everyone was a bit like, I am, I don't know, it wasn't just like, oh, I found my, you know, the Holy Grail, that's it, I've made it. It was like, I don't know, that you have a different kind of conscious, I guess, awareness when you're not exactly from here, you don't fit in. I guess, that you know, sense. one of the questions I've been asking other people has been about the big pushes towards gender equality, towards diversity yeah. in casting. And I guess you really are one of the people best placed Talk about that mm. in that not only are you kind of uh, visually kind of from a different ethnicity, but also yeah. within that, your own ethnicity is extremely complex. Like you're yeah. Belgian and yeah, Greek North, and Moroccan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North African. Yeah. So do you think people find it hard to pin you down? Do you think like, I know mm. in America, for example, there's always the thing about Oscars so white and that black actors are mm. underrepresented, but then there's Hispanic actors that are even more underrepresented. Do you feel yeah. maybe that the North African thing is a very, an even less visible minority than we might realize? Yeah, I mean, definitely there, there's not much out there or you have the kind of the cliches, which, which are know, the terrorists, okay. kind of basically. Or yeah, mainly terrorists. And then you have maybe in second position, you have the refugee. Okay. Um, 
but there isn't much, yeah. Else, I mean, the, the, the kind of underlying problem with it that I'm kind of discovering and I've kind of started discovering having conversations during my three years of drama school was the kind of internationalism is a big problem, I think, in this industry. There is so few, there, there aren't any really foreign artists here on stage and screen. And I think it's that, you know, it, it encompasses, you know, North African performers, but especially people who are not British and if you're just the other, you just come from a different country. And there isn't much kind of conversation about that, which is problematic, especially when, you know, politically speaking, we're in a very kind of interesting times, mm. to put it kind of mildly. Um, I guess you're, you're, I guess you're, you're, you're not only your ethnicity, kind of national identity is a hard one to position within British yes. culture. Yes. Whereas I guess if you were in Paris, it would yes. be less difficult to place. Absolutely, yes. And it would be the, there would be other there are other issues in terms of representation in France, but definitely in in terms of North African performers and stories being told, that there's a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is a kind of historical. I mean, for historical reasons, you have there's a there's a kind of uh, cloaking of kind of invisibility around specific communities here. Uh, but yeah, probably the reason is like yeah, when you come from different cultures, and it's you're hard to pin down. But it's uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I've been trying to kind of push for more kind of inclusivity by talking to people, you know, industry professionals, and and hopefully things will change. It's not just for my own little career, as it were, but like for other people to be able to be seen and heard and tell other stories. Um, so. You come out of drama school and yeah. for at least a period of time then you have to, I guess, not only be looking for an agent but also be looking for opportunities to work. Yes. So how in that initial period did you, did you find those opportunities? Did you build relationships? How did you do that without having had an agent for a period? I started with, uh, well, I was lucky enough that most of the people who came to kind of either, you know, uh, as tutors or directors were kind of visiting lectures. So they were not part of the core staff, most of them. So they already had like connections to the industry. Uh, they were working professionals in a way. And so I kind of reached out to them um, and had, you know, kind of informal meetings to kind of talk about the industry. And I kind of, they shared some of their connections and I kind of reached out and so that was one way. Another way was doing a lot of kind of workshops and casting workshops and getting to know people outside the kind of the circle, the central circle, uh, which was really helpful. And yeah, those are the main two ways for me to kind of and, reach out. And what were the big lessons then from the, from the past two years, including the time of having an agent? Yes. Um, what have been the big lessons? Let's say, to put it in kind of honest actors, uh, recognizable terms, mm -hmm. if you could go back to yourself uh, whenever we met last and give yourself some advice, what would the advice be? Um, less is more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's tickled me so much, but it has. But yeah, I it's because it could literally mean anything. <laughs> yeah, no, in the sense, like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
kind of I think I'm, I'm you can be over enthusiastic when you're kind of you're trying to reach for uh, okay. everything. Okay, yeah. And I think when you it's better at the same time to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think in a way I've kind of stretched myself a bit thin at times. Yeah, just, and also there's a whiff of desperation, I guess. People yeah. sometimes get a sense of that, you know, people used to say that, you know, when I, you, or actors say a lot, if you walk mm. into an audition when you're working, you will get the job because you yes. go in with a confidence that is, I don't need this. Yes. I'm happy to take it. And I, if I help you, if I can help you, I will. Yes. But if you don't want me, that's just fine. Yeah. And I guess that's a luxury that isn't afforded to actors when they're not working and even mm. less to actors if they don't have an agent. So any opportunity yes. you get, the wild-eyed yes. stare comes in. It becomes an event. Everything yeah. stops. And the pressure, beca- and the, the yes. pressure on, you put the pressure on it internally and that reads from the outside. Yes. I guess is the thing, right? Definitely, so, so yeah. less is more. Yeah, and to be, I mean, I mean, yeah, we say it a lot, but like you are enough, and I think t- making time for yourself to kind of figure out who you are as an artist, what works for you when it comes to auditioning, because I think the the great thing with drama school tra- training is that I guess it can also prepare you for a rehearsal or you kind of the classic setup of a rehearsal you have plenty of time to get mm-hmm. into a part whatever but for an audition it's like you have 24 hours maybe 48 hours and you have to kind of go straight into it and if you, you've learned a lot of things be like i need more time to really kind of get in but sometimes mm-hmm. with the less is more it's just what do you actually need to just be present and not kind of overthink and say oh i need to yeah. realize this is the thing the amount of times i have two days for a casting and i'll still think about ordering a book on amazon to get delivered the next day yeah. so, so i can read a life story of someone <laughs> and yes. they're like but do you know the lines yet yes do you know the li- why exactly. are you going to learn the lines on the train and mm. spend four hours reading articles about the like surely the first thing you should do <laughs> is learn the fucking lines, right? <laughs> so true. I mean, you because you want to do such a good job of it, and also it's a way of avoiding it. I mean, for me, oh, totally. especially at the beginning, it was a way of like, no, I need to kind of, totally. I need to kind of immerse myself in this. And it's, it's just like, it's just a page. I'm just listening to some period music, and <sighs> yeah. then I'll learn my lines. <laughs> exactly, and then you realize, oh God, I have three hours left. <laughs> I am not ready. So that, that's that been a kind of a big learning curve. Okay, that's, that, that, I like that, that's good. That's, yeah. that's good, what else? Um, I think we're on the rich vein here. This is good. It's uh, like practice, like the power of just practicing, like your beliefs in your ability to kind of do anything and and work in any kind of type of environment and setup is okay. So it's uh, uh, that was another. So what do you do? Do you, you practice at home, just like you know? Yeah, just just practicing. It's more than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm too busy listening to busy listening to period music for auditions that I had six weeks ago. Why not do that on my, my breaks? But then but the, and also like reaching out, like talking to my friends who, you know, and uh, who are either working or are in between jobs or haven't and do stuff together, just practicing together. Just having a sense of community is quite important. Otherwise you can So it seems like you're and again, I always have to preface this, I think, particularly yeah. with the emerging actors as a kind of, I'm not asking for you to kind of open up in any big way, but it seems like you're hinting at a sense that at least you're aware that you have to take care of your own head, that you have to take care of where your head is and how, 
how this industry can sometimes take too much is something yeah. that comes up again and again in the podcast. Yeah. Um, has being an actor over the past two years had an impact on personal relationships, on your mood, let's say, rather than on mental health? And if it has, what coping mechanisms? You've mentioned a few, I guess, already in terms of connecting mm. with people and community and all that. But has it had an impact, do you think, on, on your well-being? Yeah, yeah, it has, definitely. It's, uh, um, especially that first year, right after yeah, the last, my third year was really, yeah, there were like some tricky, tricky moments of like realizing that I didn't have any kind of a structure, kind of mental structure for me that could rely on and that could make me feel less anxious about things. I discovered also sides of, because when you're working full time for three, you know, three years, it's just that you, you don't have to think too much, which is wonderful. And that's the key. You're working. Yes. It feels like you've got a job for this. Yes. It's like working in the West End for three years. Yeah. And then walking out into a cold, miserable yeah. Shaftesbury Avenue. Yes. And realizing that, you know, it's just you. Yeah. And it's, and so that was a shock. And, but quickly I, I realized that I had to kind of come up with tools that would help me. And I have to say, I mean, it might be a bit cliche. But yoga was, has been a big, big thing for me. Good. And meditation. Right. And, and I'm just at the beginning of it, but like just, yeah. To f- taking time. Taking time. And also taking time off. Mm. Because, you know, when you're not working and you're a bit up in the air, you're like, you feel like you have to work all the time, every day. You feel day. guilty when you're unemployed if you're not yes. trying to seek gainful employment. Exactly. And it's, um, and so it's a bit, so it was, you know, it was a, it was a hard lesson to learn, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've, that I'm, I'm, I've learned it like really early on. In yeah. That. But uh, yeah, but I'm still kind of on that journey. So, so, you, so you must be doing other things to pay your bills then. You must be doing. Yeah. Yes. Um, one of the things, and I hate to bring it down to this, uh, I've done it with everyone, so don't feel like you're being hard done by. Okay. I asked as part of the application procedure people to estimate what they might make in their first year as an actor, right? Yes. Now, there were people who were much more optimistic than you, Ooh. people who were less optimistic. Yes. The trained actors pretty much universally said they thought they would make six to nine thousand pounds, right? Mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. 69, 69. Yes. Right? <laughs> and, and I'm not asking you to put a figure on it, yeah. because it would be unfair, but um, that first year, were you surprised one way or another? Were you shocked? Were you disappointed? Pleased? Is there any adjectives you can use without giving away? Mm. <laughs> I mean, you can if you wish, but but I'm, I don't, yes. I, you know, tell me a little bit about that that the financial package of your first year. Yes. So you mean just coming out of the yeah coming out of drama school yeah and mainly through the through jobs yeah, just, or through, I mean, every, through, or through everything that the, the, everything. Um. I wouldn't say shocked, but it, it would be like, I, I was a bit like, oh, right. I don't know if there's an expression that encompasses that, rea- that kind of realization <laughs> of like, oh. Yeah, I don't think that's a language buyer thing. I think that's, I think you're more than capable in English to know that there isn't actually a phrase for that thing. <laughs> no, I know, I'm just hiding behind it's my, like, my foreignness. It's like, uh, it's just, yeah. It's, there's a sound effect. Yeah, it would say, <laughs> just like, yes. It's the kind of slight dread. I'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, 
Right. Do you this, think things are going to get better the next couple of years? Like, are you optimistic? I'm I'm kind of temperamentally optimistic. Right. Okay. To a fault. I'm someone who's like, yeah. So I, I'm 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 quite stubborn. So and at the same time, there's always a voice in me that's like checking in, okay. especially since that kind of slightly dark period, to be like, well, do you really? Are you still enjoying this? Is it still your, you know, because I don't want to be just in this industry just just mindlessly. So already I have this voice of being like, just stay aware or be aware that there's... Do you see yourself as a business? Do you see your career as, as a business? Hmm. No. It's come up, you see, and I've just chatted to Jen and come up with Jen. Yes. Very much that sense of seeing acting as a business. Yeah. Um, which I've always struggled with because I know personally, if my career was a business, I would have closed the business years ago. Mm. Uh, and and if I hadn't have done it that time, I'd have done it six months later. And if I hadn't have done it that time, I'd have done Like, I mean, there have been multiple opportunities for me yes. to p- pull the shutters down and uh, mm. and hand back the keys, right? Yes. Um. I'm guessing you must think of it in different terms. Yeah, I think there's acting is becoming. I've discovered a kind of a activism strand in okay. me. There's okay. something that I'm. So it's uh, no acting isn't a business, but I feel like there's a there's a necessity for me to be out there. I've been privileged enough to be able. I mean, of course, training is not necessary for everyone we each have our own different journey but i'm aware that you know i fought for it but at the same time i'm i was privileged enough to get to to have good training and i'm like and being coming from my you know representing those different cultures i'm like i have not a duty it's not like there's not that pressure but i feel like it's uh acting could bring other stuff to surface like dynamics within society that that is just not healthy and I feel like I'm, that's becoming one of my engines to kind of keep going. But at the same time, I need to be aware that if I keep pushing, it's not about just me pushing, pushing, pushing myself and just burning out at some point. So that's why that voice is there to kind of keep checking with where I'm at, that I don't lose myself in it, if that makes sense. It does. It is an absolute joy listening to you express yourself in English. Because you do it so oh. eloquently and in a way that I'm not sure I could. So uh, I just I'm sitting here in 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 with massive respect for that. I'm I'm wondering then, does that take pressure off you in some ways? Um going forward in the next two years. Like if I said mm-hmm. to you, for example, have the past two years been successful? What would you answer? Um in some ways they have. I have to say, maybe not in the kind of most apparent ways, like visible ways for other people, but because I thought in some ways that it would it would be a lot harder, like a lot more kind of bleaker, and I would not be able to get anything done, anything set up. So it, it has been successful in some ways, but it's but I've also learned that it's a long, long game. So it's just like planting the seeds and kind of keep at it and keep. I've also learned that. It's about teaching, like in a way this, because if you come from a different, and we all have our different challenges and, you know, there's so many different kind of forms of um, injustices in this profession, 
But so I think in, in, it would be so easy to just be bitter and angry and just stay on the sideline and just kind of criticizing everyone and everything. And I've learned to kind of to become, a, to teach people about when they, I mean, we have to teach them. I think we have to teach the, the profession in order for it to grow um, and be more inclusive. So and I'm lo I've lost my point, but there was a point that, um, that, yeah, it is a long game. And so I think like teaching, like kind of showing different elements of this industry that were, we can do different, we can be employed in different ways. We can, we can reach out in different ways to different communities. It's, that gives me the strength to feel like it's not just about me. And I think acting shouldn't just be about yourself and your ego. I feel like there's something a bit ideally selfless. Okay. So again, with that, I guess with all that in mind, Yes. And with the benefit of the past two years and the experience of that and what it's taught you, where would you like to be if we met in two years' time, end of 2020? Yeah. Where would you like things to progress to? Um, I think... I'd love the industry, I'd love to, to see like more international projects on being put on on stage, to see like different people on stage, to see people who are, that is more of an awareness of having foreigners on stage, non-native speakers on stage and on screen in this country. And, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it would be great to have representation, but I think, you know, that's, that's not the main thing. I think if I can keep working, keep creating things and keep, you know, devising shows and writing uh, scripts and all of that, that's wonderful. But I would just like to, that the diversity debate that we're having and that we've been having for some years, which is great and rich, that we're adding that other element and for in two years time to see that. Not come to fruition, I mean, it would be too quick, but like to see that additional, those additional voices. Will you definitely be still doing it in two years? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like... Have you I'm considered in the past two years, have there been moments where you've thought, this isn't right for me? I've made a, I've made a mistake. No. No. Nice one. Um, uh, if you're still in the same position you're in now in two years, would you think about giving up? It's a tough question, but yeah, no, but it, but it's an important one. I think um, I probably would start thinking. Okay, <laughs> I think I need to kind of be creative with the situation. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean I think maybe getting rid of this side of me because I, you know, I'm a performer. I feel like it would be very hard to not be able to physically do that. But yeah, I would definitely kind of think, okay, some things, uh, yeah, I need to kind of step back and think a bit. I don't think that's going to happen, you know. Um, you are... This is going to sound condescending, it's not meant to. It, 
one of the most effortlessly intelligent people I've I've had the pleasure of chatting to. Uh, I can't imagine that that's not a desirable thing in this industry mm-hmm. for people to want uh, next to them in a rehearsal room or on a set. And uh, thank you. I um. I look forward to chatting to you in two years because it feels like you've had a bit of a circuitous and at times difficult 24 months since we last spoke. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is exactly what you've put it down to. It feels like part of that is absolutely about ethnicity and mm. and not only that, but also not being English and yes. being Belgian and, um, mm. and that, that must be difficult. So I have nothing but respect for you in, in pursuing what are very clear goals and which are very, um, I guess, for me anyway, seem less selfish than a lot of actors' goals. Mm. So it would be lovely to see you get to that point in two years where you yeah. want to be because if you get to that point, then it means that the industry is in a much better place. Mm. So thanks for thanks. chatting to me. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. I hate Thank to do you. a Jerry's final thought at the end, but it, you really do make me think. You really do. And... Um, and like I say, I look forward to checking in again in the not too distant future sure. and hearing and hearing how things have progressed. So thank you, man. No, thank you very much. Thanks. And that's it for another Emerging Actors Chat. Six more of those are available this very day on this very same podcast outlet. But before I let you go and listen to those, I have some thank yous. Thank you to Jennifer Kay and Louise Waller, the assistant producers on this. Thank you also to Theatre Delhi and 1984 Personal Management in whose spaces I recorded the interviews. Theatre Delhi, you can follow on Twitter at Theatre Delhi. You can also find out more about what they do at theaterdelhi.co.uk. So thanks to both Theatre Delhi and 1984, to Louise and to Jennifer. And don't forget... Series 3 is coming your way very soon. Make sure you're automatically set up to download it. And there's also a live podcast event for TUC Young Workers Month in association with Equity that's also available this very day. The guests on that, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff, it's well worth a listen. Have a go. Anyway, I'll speak to you soon when Series 3 is out. Take care of yourself. Speak to you soon. 